Hello and welcome to the Rabbit Hole, the Definitive Developers Podcast. Living large in New York. I'm your host, Michael Nunez. Our co-host today, Dave Anderson. And today we'll be talking about the art of gathering. Yeah, it's the opposite of the art of war. <laughs> well, you do gather in war. It's just like you're fighting when yeah, you gather. Okay. Yeah, just no stabbing. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no stabbing in this art of gathering. <laughs> We'll be talking about tips that one could use to have more meaningful gathering spaces and simple rules that you can follow to do so. Yeah, I just finished reading this book by Priya Parker called The Art of Gathering, How We Meet and Why It Matters. And Mm -hmm. I found it to be pretty inspirational, especially as we're like kind of thinking about like what it means to like reopen like how we're going to start meeting together it feels like we need to be a bit more intentional about it because we might not be meeting in person as much as we used to and remote meetings kind of suck sometimes yeah i mean especially if you have back to back to back to back remote meetings nine to five straight up remote meetings you might lose the oomph of wanting to go to your next meeting by then. So gathering less frequently, but making it more meaningful, I guess, is the ideal approach. And, you know, the pandemic has thrown a wrench in one of the many things that we do and the processes that we have. Yeah, so, I think there's a lot of things that like by just being in the same place, they just kind of happen. Like people being able to have like small side conversations or what have you. And, you know, we value those things, but maybe we can get those same benefits if we are more intentional about how we go about it. Right. And, you know, the first thing we could talk about is the idea of committing to a bold and sharp purpose. Wait, I thought you said no stabbing. (laughs) Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. Surprise knife. (laughs) Oh, gosh. No, sorry. This is not. I mean, the purpose is sharp, not the knife. You get it? So (laughs) you still got to focus on a purpose that is meaningful to everyone, right? Because like you could go into those. And this goes as well as meeting in person or meeting, you know, online, right? Like, if you don't have a big purpose, then maybe you shouldn't have the meeting so that people can rest from having all those, the Zoom fatigue. I don't know. There's probably a clever name for that. <laughs> right. Or, yeah, like if you, you can still like have like a casual gathering, but like just try not to pretend that it's something more fancy than it actually is. There are a couple of like rules of thumb that I guess are outlined in the book that you could follow to identify what your bold sharp purpose is which like so to contrast like just to give it like a concrete example before we jump into it might be like if you're having like a company or team offsite meeting an example of a bad purpose would be just to get out of the office and gather in a different context like just to get everybody together mm-hmm. and you can sharpen it and be like okay like maybe we'll focus on the year ahead that's a little better, but the best statements that you can make are very specific and could have some level of dispute to them. Like, like one example of a, a really specific purpose is like to focus on building a relationship between sales and marketing, which is hurting everything else. That's one from the book. 
And that's pretty disputable because like sales and marketing might be like, no, we're we're working fine. Like <laughs> we're not hurting anyone else. Whereas <laughs> the company is like, no, you guys gotta get together and figure this out. Right. And then you could come up with like specific examples as to why, you know, that is maybe hurting everyone else, right? Like that that's where the dispute happens. Right. Like with facts, concrete facts you can you can point that out. Yeah, like driving some kind of conversation and uh, all that. Right. So, like, you could be meeting with your team and saying, hey, let's go grab a beer just because, right? But, you know, try to sharpen the purpose, not the knife, but the purpose down to something that will be more meaningful to that meeting, right? Like, if you're meeting with, I just had a thought, like, you're meeting with your engineering team, you know, for a drink because you want to step outside of the office. You should make it be like, I want to know more about your goals, your engineering goals for the rest of the year. Yeah. Right? And have yeah. those conversations out rather than just like, hey, let's go grab a drink and do stuff. <laughs> right. Like, right. Little, yeah. Like, that's very casual, but fun. Yeah. But like, even if it is like kind of casual, like, yeah, if you're looking back like out into like the big picture where it's like, okay, like what is going to be like the arc of this relationship with this person over time? And like, how can we like, you know, build that? Like that's kind of zooming out to a, a bigger picture of, you know, just meeting for a social encounter or helping them meet their goals. Right. And I think that's also an example of like focusing on outcomes, like because, you know, you're trying to think about what the long term benefit of, of that meeting could be. Right. Like the example of you knowing what your team members engineering goals are can help. You can figure out ways and curate ways to help them in, you know, like a very casual setting, right? It's not like you're going to have your notebooks out and writing and documenting everything that they're saying, but you want to listen actively and, you know, provide any feedback that you can at the time. And you're like, oh, that's good. Maybe we should schedule a meeting, you know, in the future to talk more about those things. But that first conversation will roll itself into other outcomes that could be done you know, whether it's at the workplace or even at the bar or restaurant where you guys are hanging out at. Yeah, there was another point in the book about like, like asking why many times and Mm -hmm. drilling down, which like, you know, kind of is a tool that we use for root cause analysis. Like when something goes wrong, you know, we we ask why at least five times. Yeah. To like keep drilling down on like, our assumptions about a particular reason that something went wrong but this is kind of interesting is you know framing it also as a tool for asking why you're doing something in the first place before it goes wrong (laughs) Mm, yeah so like you could like focus on like the goals aspect where it's like okay like why are you really trying to like figure out goals okay professional development Mm -hmm. why do you care about professional development because they want to get promotion right they want to get promotion because they want that cash money. Yeah, exactly. Or, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Something like that. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Like, just like knowing, asking the five whys for the purpose of the meeting, you know, that's like the preemptive version of what you've said. And identifying those whys can help you hone that purpose before you even have the meeting. And then now you have this focused purpose, you can then have the meeting and have that guide you the rest of the way. You know, even outside the five whys, I think this was mentioned in the some of the notes that I was picking up from the book. But one question you should ask alongside five whys, so maybe this is your sixth question, 
would be how can it make the wider world better? <laughs> how is my stand-up making the wider world better? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it depends, right? I mean, let's I'll play that game. How do you make stand-up better? <laughs> I think that if you made stand-up more efficient and you do it the best that you can, then people can get back to whatever they were doing before stand-up and then will make their lives easier, right? So like if they're making coffee and you have a long stand-up, then their coffee's burnt. Right? But if you keep it nice and concise, then they have good coffee that morning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> better coffee means more code. Yes. Uh, yeah, I guess like the team will be able to like collaborate a bit better too, like less friction, They'll like know what's going on and just be able to jump into things. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, maybe solve the problems. <laughs> yeah. And it, it definitely, you know, even thinking of the example I used earlier, right? Like, oh, I want to meet with my engineering team to talk about their engineering goals, right? How does that make the world better? By me actively listening to other individuals' goals can impact their lives and their world and whatever they do at the end of the day. So like, let's say someone's engineering goals, they want to be a mentor to, to someone, right? Like then they're actually impacting someone else in the world to be a mentor in engineering or whatnot. And if that's one of their goals, then I can help that person help someone else. There you go. Pay it forward. Pay it forward. Yeah. So like just thinking in the five whys and making how is this meeting or this gathering helping the world, <laughs> the wider world, the wider the world. That's world. What this, yeah, the, the whole world. Helping the whole world. But yeah, just I mean, you, small, you start it. small. Yeah. Maybe you, you're helping <laughs> no, someone, someone that helps someone that helps someone. There you go. That's what All right. Raising the bar for retro next week. There you go. <laughs> cool. Yeah, the other thing that really resonated with me in this book, this idea of like having simple rules for Mm -hmm. meetings that help people like, you know, just jump into this new space. And I think we've talked about an example of a meeting that has this kind of structure before in our on conferences episode. Mm -hmm. That was episode number 120. Oh, cool. (laughs) on the tats (laughs) on the tats oh yeah yeah so there are just like four rules in a non-conference that when you put them together they really make you feel like you're in a completely different world Mm -hmm. rule number one is whoever shows up are the right people right like you're not waiting for someone or calling someone in to join your your unconference session Whoever decided to show up at the time are the right people at that time. Yeah. And whatever happens is the only thing that I could have. No regrets. Yeah. YOLO-driven meeting. <laughs> the YOLO-driven meeting right there. Whenever it starts is the right time. So, like, if the meeting has started, someone comes in, that's fine. You don't have to bring it back. Or, you know, if it takes a little time to kick it off, just that's okay, too. As long as it starts, that is the right time. Yeah, and it's over when it's over. So, like, just, you know, don't need to, like, drag it on past its expiration point. And, you know, it's okay to end early or Mm -hmm. go late or Mm -hmm. whatever. Whenever it's done, that's the right time for that as well. Yeah. There's another one, too, of, like, the law of two feet where it's, like, just if something isn't good, like, walk away, which Mm -hmm. I didn't see in this 
particular list, but I think we talked about that in the on-conferences episode. Those rules kind of coming together, it makes a different space. Like, it doesn't always feel like those things are true for all of our meetings. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like if we applied these rules to stand-up, like, it would be a little chaotic. Yeah. If I used the law two feet in the middle of retro, that would be kind of disrespectful. (laughs) A little disrespectful, but, you know, it would be a different space for sure yeah. like <laughs> definitely definitely will be a different space and yeah i feel like when those things come together it, it kind of makes a really exciting feeling and there's a lot of different cases where these kind of things happen and it, it, it kind of like makes unspoken rules spoken like there's like kind of business etiquette in life that like you kind of have to know but like not everybody may be aware of it so like just kind of like laying out these basic ideas helps everybody be on on the same page no matter what their background is another type of gathering you know to spice things up i think we might have discussed this in the past dave i don't know correct me if i'm wrong but this is something we've done definitely in the conversation of meta conversations about the podcast outside in other meetings and it's called the uh, Jeffersonian dinner. The idea is that, you know, at the very beginning of this Jeffersonian dinner, you provide the topic at hand. You know, again, as we discussed before, possible with the using the five whys and the making the wider world better, bring up the topic. And the rule is, and this is, you know, usually in the dinner setting only one person can talk at a time no side conversations which can be very difficult in a dinner setting but when it's intentful you can get really meaningful conversations people are listening intently and are able to provide feedback as well about the topic and things to improve for the topic that's given right and like a lot of these things are like rules for like coming into the space so it's like okay you're preparing before you even get into the space for the meeting the conversation the dinner but during the the dinner itself there's only one rule in a jeffersonian dinner which is you must have a single conversation and everyone should be listening so it's like you know the whole table focusing on one topic and being really really focused on it right i think i just found the jeffersondinner.org it has some rules but it's like kind of what we just went over one table right you can't have more than one table everyone should be able to sit and have a conversation across this table eight to 14 guests is usually right you don't want to have more than 14 because that might cause you're more likely to have side conversation you need a topic and you need food (laughs) but yeah it's interesting because like this this framework of the jeffersonian dinner kind of covers most of the bases that the art of gathering covers and you can kind of like reimagine this this framework for like any kind of meeting that you might have in your life or gathering like i was reading it i was even thinking about like my wedding and like what it means what it's going to mean to us in that particular moment even though we're already married (laughs) you know all that stuff the complications of like having planned something in a pandemic that got uh-huh. shifted back and then we got married anyway and blah 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 so like, okay, like the normal rules that exist the normal etiquette that exists for a wedding it's like we just have to like reconsider all of it 
and like having this framework of like simple rules is like oh okay like that that makes sense for that it makes sense for stand up for mm-hmm. you know a casual beer with your colleague it makes sense for like a lot of things like it's it's kind of cool yeah jeffersonian dinner is pretty awesome i've had really really uh, great conversations with them and when everyone knows that they have to focus you know for the one person who's speaking like when those rules are set right like you mentioned like the wedding etiquette there are just some things that happen at a wedding that you follow and when those rules have been established like it becomes the event is that much more like awesome to experience Mm -hmm. i'd be curious to hear what other gatherings are have been done in the past and other people's engineering teams just to really be curious on like what are some other ideas people can do right because i do think that the unconference is an amazing way to spend time with your colleagues uh, Jeffersonia dinner is very insightful when the, you know by bringing in a topic and then having you know lengthy discussions about things i'm curious like what are other types of gatherings that people have and what are some of uh some of our listeners thoughts on that definitely Follow us now on Twitter at Radio Free Rabbit so we can keep the conversation going. Like what you hear? Give us a five-star review and help developers just like you find their way into the rabbit hole. And never miss an episode. Subscribe now however you listen to your favorite podcast. On behalf of our producer extraordinaire, William Jeffries, and my amazing co-host, Dave Anderson, and me, your host, Michael Nunez, thanks for listening to The Rabbit Hole.